Hi, Redeemed. Hi, family and friends. I am so excited to be here tonight with you guys. I want to give a shout out to my pastors, Bishop and Lady James F. Harris, the greatest pastors on this side of heaven. I am so blessed to call them my pastor and my parents. I am truly, truly, truly excited about the word of God on tonight. It had me to the place where I was just like, I want to talk about it right now. But I also saw me in it. And I appreciate God speaking to me about my own heart and that I can share with you guys. Now, last week we talked about clarity of the mind, clarity of being self-aware of yourself, accepting your strengths and weaknesses and creating a strategy to maximize life. We don't want to go in battle without a strategy. We don't want to go in battle with a weak mind or a weak heart because the battle is already lost before you even go out there to fight, all right? So tonight we're going to be discussing matters of the heart and the power of your mind and how they sync together. Your mind and heart and how they should sync together. Now, the Bible uses the word heart primarily to refer to the ruling of the center of a whole person, the spring of all desires. The heart is seen as the seat of the will, intellect, and feelings. The heart is the seat of the will, intellect, and feelings. According to the Bible, the heart is the center not only of spiritual activity, but of all the operations of human life. Now, I want to share a scripture with you. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 17 Verses 9 through 10, and we're going to read it, okay? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So basically, this is talking about how the human heart is deceitful. And it's desperately wicked. Wicked. That's what it says in the scripture. And the Lord is telling us that he searches our hearts to examine our secret motives. So anytime you go throughout life and you're planning something, you approach someone, you're doing a good deed or not, just remember that God always search your heart and what your true motives are and what we do. So verse 10 says, but I know. And it reminded me of Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know, the Lord knows all, so let's connect these two verses together in Jeremiah. Starting with chapter 17 and 10, where it says, The Lord knows your heart and will give us our rewards based on our actions deserved. And chapter 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I believe that we focus so much more on that Jeremiah 29, 11. All right. I know it's been my focus. It has helped me to know that God has plans for my life, plans to do me good, plans of an expected end, because it's the Lord saying his plans for us are good. Right. But the revelation is those plans can shift based on our hearts and our actions. Y'all get that? The plans can shift based on our hearts and our actions. So while we're talking Jeremiah 29 and 11, we don't need to skip past Jeremiah 17 and 10. The Lord really does know your heart and his rewards are based on what you do. You heard the phrase actions speak louder than words. I love to read other translations when it comes to the word of God. The New International Reader Version says, 
I bless you based on what he has done. All right? Message says, I treat them as they really are and not as they pretend to be. This is why the pure heart is so important. This is why no actions or no pretenses really matters when it comes to you and God. He has already searched your heart. The Lord won't be blessing who you pretend to be. So whoever you may pretend to be, for those who pretend, not all of us pretend, but those of you who pretend to be something else, God is not blessing that person. He's blessing who you really are. Bottom line, you can fool people, but you can't fool God. He is making this clear in his word. So when you are trying to stand on Jeremiah 29, 11, just know that his plans for you are based on your actions, okay? And your heart's desires. So if you want to keep living the way you are, and he is telling you to stop, repent, and turn away from whatever you are doing outside of his will for you, which let me pause there. Just because something is not a sin to you does not mean that you disregard God's instruction to you. Just because it's not a sin in the Bible does not mean that you disregard God's instructions for you, okay? Something that can take you 15 minutes to get into you can take 15 years to get out of because of disobedience. Disobedience is dangerous. And if you don't do If you don't do as he asks, his plans for you will hit you different. Okay? So it's not a, God is a God of grace. God is a forgiving God. But I need y'all to really stop and hear that he is listening and he's searching your heart, the motives of your heart. He is searching that. And the heart and mind are in sync with one another. So, what a heart attack is, a heart attack occurs when an artery supplying your heart with blood and oxygen becomes blocked with fatty deposits. What do you think fatty deposits are in the spiritual realm? What do you feel that fatty deposits are in the spiritual realm? Y'all think about that while I go finish reading this, okay? Yeah, so fatty deposits build up over time, forming plaques in your hearts and arteries. If a plaque ruptures, a blood clot can form and block your arteries, causing a heart attack. This is really what happens in a heart attack in our actual bodies. But I see this in the spiritual eye as well. Fatty deposits that build up over time. Yes. Negative thoughts. Thank you, Carmen. Sin. Thank you, Charmaine. Yes. All of these things are fatty deposits. And it's not just sinning, but it's knowing that you're sinning and you don't have a repentant heart and you know you're planning to do it again, okay? So we keep saying God knows my heart and he really does and your rewards will be based on what's in your heart. Yikes, remember that. Your rewards is based on what's in your heart. If you are saying that phrase to someone, it's usually because you are trying to convince them of why you are being disobedient. And I've been there. When you say the Lord knows my heart, unbelief, thank you, Michelle, fear, thank you, Katrina. Yes, these are fatty deposits that can come into our lives. Gossip, thank you, Robin, I appreciate that. The lies, thank you, Ms. Morris. Disobedience, thank you, Sister Long. Doubt, lack of faith, thank you, John Pierre. Bad attitude, y'all know, y'all got it. Let's see. Daniel, gossip, jealousy, envy, strife, confusion, bad view of God, adding your own definition to the word of God, lack of communication to God, 
fear, and more. Amen, Sister Danielle. All of it. All of these are fatty deposits that are in our lives that we let build up over time and causes a block artery, plaque ruptures, and you're having a heart attack. All right? So again, if you're seeing that phrase of someone, it's usually because you're trying to convince them that you are being, of why you are being disobedient. I'm guilty. I used to do that. Trying to convince them of why you are being disobedient, that person you are talking to may see your heart, but God really sees your heart. The one you're talking to may not really see your heart. They may say, oh, yeah, she's trying to change it. Girl, God will give you strength to do it, right? But God has already given you everything you need to turn away from it. Yes, some things are hard to turn away from. We all know that. We all can raise our head to that. But when you made up in your mind that you were tired, thank you, Robin, pride is another one. When you make up in your mind that you're tired of it, that's when you truly turn your heart away from the sin and to God. All right? He really does know your heart. He has searched your heart and examined your secret motives. Please understand this. In everything you do, you can be the most admired person in the world. But know that your heart is speaking before your mouth do when you go to God. And he is our end reward. That's what we are seeking to do. So we don't want to take shortcuts to get there. We want to have a pure and clean heart. All right. Uh, so the next time that you miss church and say, God knows my heart. He really does know how you didn't do everything you could to get there. When you don't give and say, God knows my heart, he knows that you are not trusting him with your last few dollars or time. Or we keep sinning using God knows my heart to justify it. He really knows that you're not turning away from that sin or trusting God to help you stop sinning. He already knows. All right. So you might ask shortcuts, no shortcuts, Johnny. Exactly. Um, how do you stop a heart attack immediately? I looked this up, right, because I really wanted to know how, what you could do to stop a heart attack. And it says, acting quickly can save lives. Acting quickly can save lives. Some of us draw things out for a long time, but it damages your heart. So acting quickly can save lives if giving quickly after symptoms, clot busting and artery opening medications, it can stop a heart attack. What do you guys think these medications are in the spiritual world? Spiritual CPR. Thank you, Entree. That's a good one. Yes. What else? We could talk tonight. We're going to have a conversation. So you're going to participate tonight too. Thank you. What else can stop your heart? What else can, what other medicines can we take to stop our heart attack? Anything else that you guys can think of? Prayer, yes, Michelle. Prayer, you can love. Thank you, Carmen. Repentance, yes, Charmaine. Thank you. Prayer, yes, Marjorie. Yes. Baby aspirin, the Holy Spirit. Yes, Danielle. <laughs> Trusting God. Thank you, Katrina. Preaching the word. Yes, Linda. I appreciate that. Repentance, yes. Trusting God, Katrina. That's the first thing, the word. Thank you, Alicia. Beautiful butterfly, forgiveness. But this, these things can stop your heart attack, right? But trusting God to deliver you, to 
Stop the heart attack is the thing that you really need. You need to have faith that God can do it. Some people believe that God can do anything, but he does not. But you do not believe that God can do it through you, right? That's not faith. God said that you can do what he does, all right? You can do even more. See, we said the medications that can stop a heart attack. And having a catheterization with a stent put in may open a closed blood vessel. The longer you wait for treatment, the more chances of survival goes down and damage to the heart goes up. The longer you wait for treatment, the more chances of survival go up, go down, I'm sorry, and damage to the heart goes up. Meaning, the longer that you wait to turn from that sin, the longer that you wait on giving God your everything, The song says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what painless needs we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God and prayer. The Bible also says, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. The things that we carry that we won't let go that's causing us to have a heart attack or disbelief are things that God is begging you to give to him. I'm talking about those things that you may not have shared with anybody. I'm talking about those things that have kept you captive for years. I know all about that. Um, Most of my life, I was in my own prison. And I need us to all know that God's will for your life is for you to be free, not bound. He didn't sacrifice his life. He didn't go through all that he went through for you to be bound. He wants you to be free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So guys, when we're talking about battle and we're going in armed, you can't wear this expensive, nice, state-of-the-art armor if you can't believe that you can win the war and you really don't trust God to do it. Then the battle is already over. So this is why we're talking about temple tantrums. Our temple, our mind, our hearts can cause us to lose before we even start if your mind and heart are not together. Okay, so as we move on, Psalms 147.3 says he heals the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. Psalms 51, the most honest confession of a personal sin in the Bible ends with these words to God. You will not despise this broken and crushed heart. When we are broken, we are open and more willing to listen to God. God uses this moment to reveal defects in our character that would otherwise be difficult to see. And because we are wanting to see those flaws, we are now able to ask God to help us have victory. So again, it's in those broken moments that God is able to speak to you and reveal things in your character and your heart. And we're able to receive them because now we are broken. We are in need of him. Okay. All right. So All right, so we wanted to go over like how the heart and mind affects the way we think and the way it affects the way we act, okay? John 4, 16 and 18. Let me even go further. Let's do John 4, 24. All right, so through every experience in life, including through the pain of a broken heart, God is constantly seeking to show us that he can turn anything for good if we keep loving him no matter what. If you let a heart attack turn you from God 
or a heartbreak turning from God, you will not experience his goodness. God quickens and renews us by the living word through by through and by Jesus himself, who came to heal the brokenhearted through his payment of his own blood on the cross. Our lives would totally be broken if Jesus had not put his own life on the line and took our own place for our sins. Okay. Um, John verse four in the New King James Version, it says that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, spirit and in truth. So when you're thinking about the mind and the heart, the mind is believing the word of God, believing what God says, believing that God will do it. Right. But the heart is trusting that he will do it. So the mind and heart works together in order for faith to come in. Trusting, believing. The mind believes, the heart trusts. Now, if you just believe that God can do it, God can do this for her. God can do this for him. God can do that for Bishop. Yes, praise the Lord. But he won't do that for me. That's not trusting God. That means that you don't believe that God can fix you. You don't believe that God can work through you. And that's where the mind and heart has to sink. So if that is you or your heart is off or you believe and trust God, you guys say you trust God to do this or you trust God to do that, but you don't believe that it's for you. Faith, believing in the heart, it works together. So we have to make sure our hearts and our minds are in sync and that we are truly, truly becoming broken before God. So that God can shape and mold your mind and your heart to serve God fully, to be obedient to the word of God. Now, we want to talk about faith because they, they both need are needed for faith. So the Bible says that um, you can have the faith the size of a mustard seed, right? Mustard seeds are like one, one of the smallest seeds that we have ever seen, right? But I did some study on the mustard seed when it's planted in good soil. The mustard seed grows grows to one of the largest, biggest trees on earth. And I did not know that. The largest, biggest trees on earth. So I was like, well, God, maybe that's why you use the mustard seed. Because when you plant the mustard, your faith, the little bit of faith in God's word, that faith will grow over time where you can do and say and speak over and use the power that God has given you because you're planting that mustard seed faith in God's word. And as you continue to read his word, as you continue to obey his word, that faith grows and grows and grows and grows. And then you'll find yourself being free, not worrying about what other people say, doing the will of God, actually fulfilling your purpose in life. Because you started with a seed, but I don't think God intended for us to keep the seed. But it has to be planted in God so that faith can grow. So your so the things that you do in God, you can do more. Does that make sense, guys? And also, I like John 4, 24 as well. I think I just read that. But verse 24, well, verse 23, Jesus gave the Samaritan woman a better explanation of his offer for water of life. This woman's greatest thirst seems to have been acceptance, right? That was my greatest thirst, acceptance. This is why she stumbled from one bad relationship to the next, and we can relate to her. The kind of relationship she seeks can only be truly found in God and only through Christ. So Jesus explains to her that true worship 
of God does not require one to be Jewish or Samaritan or in the temple or on the mountain. Rather, true worship requires spirit and truth. And God is seeking those who want him in his way. God is seeking for those who want God in his way. God, I'm not trying to change you. I'm not trying to get you to critique your 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 uh, commandments. I'm not trying to get you to uh, want the same thing I want, but we are accepting him in his way, which means that you would have to trust God. Verse 24 also makes a clear point that God himself is spirit. God is not simply a more complex physical being or a limited creature in other words. God is not restricted to seeing, hearing, or being in a single location like the false gods of most religions. The way we feel affects the way we think, and the way we think affects the way we feel. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. All right, verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a passage about relationship with God. And we must rejoice in emotion, which is emotion of the heart, because God is near an intellectual fact. That's the mind. We must be reasonable. That's the mind. We must not be anxious. That's our heart. We must pray about specific things in specific ways, which will require the mind. And when we do this, a peace that surpasses understanding will rest on us, which will be a feeling in the heart. Overall, we will have a relationship with God. The Bible says Christ Jesus will affect our hearts and our minds. So guys, if you are believing God to do something, but you don't trust him, if you have had something that you've been dealing with with your whole life, it's not the will of God for you to have it. It's his will for you to cast your care on him. It is his will for you to let him fix it. Let him deal with it but not you, because these are the things that are stopping us in our battle, in our war, when we're going out to fight with our brothers and sisters. If we got all these built up blocked arteries in our heart and all of these lies in our minds, we cannot fight. We cannot put on any additional armor until the mind and the heart are in sync connected. We have clarity of who God is, clarity of who we are in him and who we are not. Clarity of our strengths and our weaknesses and a strategy which God will give you because you have took that mustard seed of faith, planted it in God, and it has grown over time. That's how all this connects. And remember, it's not about your appearance or who you pretend to be. God deals with who you really are. So if you are pretending to be somebody else, he's dealing with you and not who you pretend to to be. These are issues that really matter in war. It's not all the other petty stuff. Your mind and your heart are important. They must be in sync and planted in the word of God to build your faith so that you can move in God. So yes, for God, for I know the plans I have towards you. Yes, he does. But he also knows and searches your heart. So if your heart is not right or the motives of why you do things are not of God, he sees it. And he will bless you according to it. Y'all have to understand that. I pray to God y'all really let that sink in. That even though nobody else knows your motives, God does. When you go to, to, to 
mend a relationship and said, well, there's no need for me to go because don't have to have a change and blah, 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 blah. You're not doing the word of God. God did not ask for your two cents. He just wants you to obey the word. Do what I said do, and I'll work out the rest. But we are so busy trying to fix things, focusing on the present and not the promise. We get so caught up into little entangled things. Do the word of God and trust the word of God. Don't worry about revenge. Don't worry about all this other stuff. Focus on what God asks us to do and search your heart because God already knows it. Know that God knows your motives. Please, God knows your motives in your heart. You can't hide it from him. Get to know him. Make sure your mind and heart are in sync. If they're not, ask God, Lord, please. Lord, please sink my mind and my heart in your word. Let me be the woman of God that you have called me to be. I don't want to be a pretend. I want to be real. And sometimes people have pretended for so long they really think that the pretend you is the real you because we don't take the time to search our hearts. We always are looking at things around us. This is important. This is what's going to move you to the next level. But that one simple yes, yes in my heart, yes in my mind. And God, I trust you to take these things that I've been holding on to that I haven't done anything with in the last 15 to 20 years. I'm going to give it to you and let you work it out. I'm going to do exactly what your word says to do when I have conflicts, when I'm scared, when I'm happy, when I'm not. I'm going to do exactly what your word says to do. I'm going to trust that your word is true. And I'm going to watch you, uh, watch you help me grow in those areas. Trusting God is important. Believing God is important. And planting that trust and belief in God increases your faith. I just pray that this is a blessing to somebody. I want to encourage those who think that it's too hard to make a change. It's not hard. All you have to do is just pray. Just talk to God, okay? Because he already knows your heart. He knows your intentions. Go to bed. Just talk to him, okay? And remember, before you put on the fancy armor, get your heart and your mind straight. Plant it, your faith, your mustard faith, plant it in the word. Obey the word. And you gonna watch. Girl, we gonna look at you next year and be like, my God, who is she or who is he? You are meant to be free. You're designed to be free. No longer captive. Your past is it. That's done with. You are now in God. Press forward. Put your armor on internally and then put your armor on and let's fight this war. All right? No man left behind. We're not leaving anybody behind unless you refuse. <laughs> you refuse to do the will of God. Now, I can't force that, but I will continue to pray for you. But remember, you are meant to be free. You're not meant to be bailing. You're not meant to be thinking about things over and over every year, going through the same thing. That is not God's plan for you. But if you plant your heart and mind in the word, you will see a change. I promise you, I put my life on it. All right? Guys, thank you. Y'all have a wonderful night. I appreciate you all. I love you all. And God bless you. I love you. Have a great night.